Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You know that right now we are in the midst of a special session of the Utah legislature. Governor Herbert called it to order just uh, the other day via gubernatorial proclamation. (laughs) Gubernatorial. I've always thought that's a funny word. The proclamation carried with it a number of priorities. And about uh, the middle of the pack there, uh, amongst the various priorities, it had to do with it had to do with the tactics employed by law enforcement. And well, yesterday, in the first of two days of this special session of the Utah legislature, Representative Sandra Hollins introduced a piece of legislation on the floor of the Utah House which would outlaw this knee-to-neck tactic or any such chokeholds which were designed to restrict airflow or oxygen to the brain and uh, ultimately leading towards uh, unconsciousness. Her piece of legislation yesterday would outlaw the practice, it would outlaw the instruction of such a practice, and it uh, it outlined the the penalties for a peace officer found to be in violation of this. An officer found to have uh, applied the knee to the neck or throat of a person. Specifically, that such a violation would be a third-degree felony. And if death was the result of such an application of this knee tactic, then a first-degree felony could face that officer. Well, here's how things went. There was debate. There was a vote. It moved its way over to the Senate. There was debate there and a vote there. And when all was said and done, Every single elected legislator in the state of Utah, save five alone, had voted for this bill. In the Senate, they voted unanimously. In the House, 69 members voted in favor. Five only voted against. I want to share with you some of the arguments against, just so uh, we're being fair about this, and you can understand uh, the, the, the way that this piece of legislation was presented by its sponsor, Representative Sandra Hollins, who, uh, a little bit of a spoiler ahead, we're going to talk about Sandra Hollins again in the next segment because she is the representative responsible here in the state of Utah for bringing about Juneteenth as an officially recognized day of commemoration here in the state of Utah. So two big pieces of legislation. Uh, The one right now we're discussing, of course, deals with the knee-to-neck tactics. So as that was being debated, Representative Carl Albrecht, one of the few to vote against the bill, questioned Representative Hollins as to whether this piece of legislation was even needed. Have we had any incidents that requires this bill in the state of Utah? When I've had a conversation with law enforcement, 
Um, we have not had an incident, particularly with the kneeling on the neck or throat. Part of the concern is being able to, number one, protect police officers and also protect um, the public and protect this from, um, prevent this from happening um, in the future. So no, this has not been, this has not been used in Utah. This, that question posed by Representative Albrecht to Representative Hollins, has this ever happened in the past? And in a moment, I'm going to play for you uh, a fascinating exchange between these two legislators again. Uh, but what it does is it opens the door uh, to a fascinating piece of legislative theory. And depending on, on your beliefs in how a body ought to legislate, it will have you either looking into the past at events which have transpired, which require... Uh, new law, or it has you speculate and look towards the future about the breaking of certain laws or the violations of certain freedoms of one person or another, which ought to be preemptively protected. So do you, when legislating, do you look backwards or do you look forwards? Or is the more appropriate approach uh, to do something in between, allowing yourself to look back when appropriate or look forward uh, when appropriate. Now, this conversation between the two legislators continues. Representative Albrecht pushed the question, and Hollins pointed out that the bill had an eye towards the future. Have we had any incidents in Salt Lake County or Salt Lake City that would require this law? Again, we have not had any incidents that have occurred where the kneeling uh, on the throat or neck has occurred. Um, um, this in the state of Utah, the purpose of this bill, one of the purposes is to um, prevent this from happening in the future and, um, and to assure the public that this will not happen in the future. So what do you think? If you were a legislator, would you be one uh, who looks back and legislates in a reactionary way to wrongdoing of the past or do you look forward and legislate to preemptively prevent wrongdoing in the future? Five seven five zero zero is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear from you there on that notion of looking backwards versus looking forwards in the creation of law, or even on the validity of this piece of legislation itself. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. One person who I was very interesting, interested to hear from is Representative Lee Perry. He's been a guest on this program a, a number of times. Most recently, as he announced that he, uh, number one, was retiring from his 31-year career in law enforcement, and number two, that he would not be seeking uh, re-election to the Utah House. Now, Representative Perry, like I said, 31 years in law enforcement, also the chairman of the Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Committee. He was a co-sponsor of this bill and said, that law enforcement also supports it. This particular bill, drafted the way it is, I feel like is a, is a good thing for our country. It's a good thing for our state to send the message that policymakers understand that we don't ever want to see this happen in our state and that law enforcement leaders have come together and said, this is appropriate. We don't, we don't believe that kneeling on someone's neck to restrain them is a good method to restrain. Now, again, 31 years in law enforcement, Representative Perry felt that it was important to make it known that this piece of legislation applies specifically to an officer using a knee on someone's neck. This doesn't restrict a law enforcement agency from if they can find a less lethal means of what some people call a carotid hold um, and is used in martial arts, 
that this method may be a less lethal form um, to take someone into custody. And Representative Perry also pointed out that while this is an important message, he didn't feel it was something police in Utah would have a problem with. Law enforcement in Utah hasn't, doesn't, wouldn't want to use this. That's why law enforcement leadership has stepped forward and said, we support this particular bill because that is who we are. We're, law enforcement in Utah is a different breed than what you saw back there. And if there are unethical folks in law enforcement in Utah, we certainly, every law enforcement officer in Utah wants to remove them. The worst thing for a good cop is a bad cop, and we don't want to see them out there. Last comments I want you to hear come from Representative Nelson, who quoted Abraham Lincoln saying that let reverence for the laws be breathed by every American mother to the lisping babe that prattles on her lap. He said that the law could address police brutality, but it would take mothers to help address racism. We need to distinguish between racism and police brutality. They are two different things. All acts of police brutality are not motivated by racial animus. But both are problems. Both need to be dealt with. Uh, this law deals only with police brutality. Um, the deeper, more chronic problem of racism, we continue to struggle with. And so I would just like to make the plea that as mothers breathe reverence for the law, that they also breathe respect for individual rights and equality under the law. We'll leave it at that. We'll take a break now. Today is Juneteenth. We here in the state of Utah celebrate this day, the third Saturday in June. We're going to speak next to the legislator, one of the legislators responsible for that. Ahead on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.